This morning, I want to address one of the areas that we normally don't address or we haven't addressed in the past. You know, certainly I believe there are many hidden truths in different sections of the Bible and different topics that Bible, the Word of God, deals with. And this morning I pray that God may open our eyes to some more truths that are hidden probably to our eyes. You know, I'm really excited this morning to bring the Word of God. You know, when I have a word that I need to share with you, you know, it, it takes time within me. And as it's, you know, gets ready, as, as it gets ready and to be delivered. This morning I pray that you would listen to me, listen to the Word of God. And I pray that God will speak to us. A good sermon is a sermon that calls for action. And I also would say that a good audience is an audience. They are the one who leaves from this place with the determination to do certain things based on what God has spoken. So this morning I pray that let me be a good preacher and let you be a good audience so that you know there will be something mutually can be done and that will really help us as we take our lives forward. So listen carefully. So there are, as I said, there are areas in our lives we experience, we, 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 we repeatedly experience defeat, failure, and frustration. Many times we end up in trying to trying the same thing over and over again, and the end result is disappointment. We don't get anywhere. No, we are in a circle at times. We are in a loop. We try to do the same thing over and over again, and we end up in the same point. May it be health issues, may it be relationship struggles, may it be career-related challenges, or settlement-related issue, addiction, or anything that you can name. Many times we take some effort, and then at times we leave those efforts just halfway through, because we realize, we think that it's not going to help. Many times, many of us are in that situation. Many times we feel there is an obstacle that is not allowing us to move forward. We see at times most of our efforts going fruitless. You know, if you turn back and see how much effort we put into certain things, and especially those who are working in IT industry, you know, you know that, you know, you end up in writing a piece of code and you work on that for weeks together and maybe a time of review and then you send the code for review and then whoever is reviewing that and then they review and then come out with you know so many comments that you can no way reuse that code that you have written you know you need to just throw everything and then you need to start redoing it in our lives we do experience certain things such things they are not allowing us to move forward that means there is something wrong or there is something that is missing in our lives or when you think about as a child of God, you may, say, you may say that there are certain things I'm trying to do, but it looks like they are not God's will. Either there is something missing, the way we, our understanding is, or there is something that is not according to the will of God we are trying to do in our lives. That's the reason we don't see things moving forward. You know, if you really miss something, it is better to find what we are missing. Probably the, that's where the word of God is going to help us this morning. But if you are doing something that is not, not according to the will of, will of God, again, word of God helps us and probably we may have to stop doing those things which are not according to the will of God. 
And I believe that morning, this morning, God may speak to you. One such element that is often missed in our lives is known as work or action. Can you say work? Can you say action? You know, that is something missing in our lives. We all have faith. At times we have too much of faith. We believe in God and we know for sure that God can do this for me. But many times we fail to put our faith in action to receive God's blessings. So one such element that is often missing in our lives is action. You know, we are listening to the word of God and how faith comes in our lives? By hearing, right? So by hearing the word of God. And you hear too much of word of God. You hear here on Sunday and your Monday, Tuesday, every day you hear word of God in different means. And you build up so much of faith within you. It's going to burst open sometime from your life. You know, you build so much of faith within yourself. But you know, that faith, when it is not put in action, the faith is not going to result in any blessing. And this morning, that's what we are going to spend some time to find out how we can bring those blessings in our lives that God has already planned for us. So if you have your Bible, we are reading from James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. So you also have that in the screen. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, I want you to pay close attention as we read. If someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm, warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead also. 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Revive the Dead Faith. 
revive the dead faith. There is so much of faith within us, as I said, but they are not alive. They are dead already. And this morning, this is our concern, this is our prayer, that God may revive the dead faith within us. And James says that in verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, and we all know that, so faith without works is dead also. You know, if a body, as a dead body, is not capable of producing anything useful, anything good, faith without work, works is incapable of producing anything good. This morning, I want you to follow me closely. Don't allow your mind to wander around. It's very important that we need to get this and we need to work on this. Faith without work is dead. You know, as a dead body, without spirit, cannot do anything, cannot produce anything good. In the same way, if we have faith in us, and if the faith is not in shown or seen in our works, in action, that faith is already dead. You know, having dead faith within us is, you know, is worse than having no faith. Having dead faith within us is worse than having no faith. Having faith in God is good. But Bible says it is useless unless we put that faith in action. For that reason, James said, even demons believe and tremble. They have faith in God. They believe in God. The way we believe, they also believe in God. But unless the faith is put in action, there is no use. Demons believe in God, but they cannot put the faith in action. This morning, are you with me? Faith without works is like a child. Think about a child who understands everything that we say. But he can't even speak a single word. A child is full of understanding that he or she knows everything that we say. Everything that he or she listens from us. But he or she cannot even speak a single word. You know, some of our Christian lives are like that. Many of our faith is dormant and many of our faith is dead. And this morning I pray that God may revive the dead faith within us as you listen to me. God is telling us that we have been very passive in our faith. And God is telling us that we need to become active in our faith. You know the difference between passive and active. No, listening and getting the faith in God and not doing anything about it is passive. But when we try to apply our faith in our lives, it becomes active, it becomes alive. Let's see what faith is not. Probably this slide may help us. What faith is not? Faith is not intangible. Faith is tangible. That, that simply means faith can be seen in our action. Faith can be felt. Faith is not intangible. Faith is not a concept. Faith is real. Faith is not just a concept we can study. It's not a philosophy that we can study and we can read about it. Faith is real. Faith is not just a mental or emotional concern to truth. It's not. Faith is not what we think. It is what we do. Faith is totally different from what we know about it. Faith is not something that is hidden. Faith is evident. This morning I pray that God may open our eyes even for our salvation, we need this working faith in our lives. We are going to read two interesting scriptures from the word of God. James chapter 2, 
As we read verses 23 and 24, shall we read that again? These scriptures are about salvation. How faith and salvation is related, or justification is related. We'll just spend a few minutes here and then we'll move further. James 2, 23 and 24. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted, accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You know, James is making reference to Abraham offering his son Isaac. If you read the previous verses, that's what you will come to know. Verse 24 says, You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. You know, sometimes this teaching seems to be a different teaching. Man is justified. This is the word of God. Man is justified by works and not by faith only. Not by faith only. Now when we say what James you know, says here, when we talk about what James here, we cannot forget Paul. Right? So we, let's go back to Galatians to find out what Paul says about it. James says that man is justified by works, not by faith alone. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 to see what Paul says. Paul says knowing that a man is excuse me, not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. In one shot, if you read both the scriptures, Looks like they are contradicting. They are two different scriptures. James is saying that we are justified by works, not by faith alone. Here Paul is saying that nobody can be justified. No one is justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. We need to put these two scriptures together and understand you know, what word of God is teaching to us from James and Paul's perspective. So let's put these scriptures together right now and see what these two scriptures are saying. James is saying in 2.24, man is justified by works and not by, the, not by faith alone. Galatians 2.16 says man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So this is what we understand. Law cannot justify anyone, but faith followed by work or action justifies. Are you with me? Law cannot justify anyone. Paul says man is not justified by the works of the law. Law cannot justify anyone. But faith followed by work. James says man is justified by works. And not by faith alone. Abraham was justified. He had faith in God. But that faith alone could not justify him. When he put the faith in action. When he took Isaac to Mount Moriah to to, 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 to give him as a sacrifice and as an offering, that work justified him. Are you okay? Law cannot justify anyone, but faith followed by works and action can justify us. So what is the need of faith and work in our salvation? There are three points that we are trying to understand here. Number one, as I said, law cannot justify anyone, but faith followed by work on our action justifies it simply means by knowing the law by reading the law meditating the law no one can be justified but when we put those things in our lives in practice you know that's why we see we receive salvation you know that means our initial justification follow with me our initial justification is by faith alone but our final justification is based on our work and obedience. 
Little bit of teaching here. Our initial justification, you know, we know that whatever sinner someone may be, when he or she comes and stands in the presence of God and spreads his hands out and says, Lord, I am a sinner. The moment he believes, he is justified. He is sanctified. Because his blood forgives the sinner and cleanses. Our initial justification is by faith alone. But our final justification, this has to happen every day in our lives until we die. And the final justification is based on our works and obedience. Every day we need to work towards. Every day we need to put our faith in action to receive our to reach our destiny in our Christian walk with the Lord. There is nothing we need to do to earn our salvation. Christ has already accomplished. Christ has already done that at the cross. There is nothing that we need to do. But there is a price. Work in obedience that we need to pay to fulfill our salvation. You know, that's why once saved is not saved forever. Once our names are written in the book of Lamb, we can, that doesn't really guarantee that you know, our names are there every time. Once saved is not saved forever. Bible says we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Shall we read what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12? If you can come with me to Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Paul writes here saying that, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but not but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling you know there is work involved we cannot take either faith or work totally out of the equation both are needed as we understand so god wants us to be active in our faith you know this morning i want to take uh, turn your attention to one of the extreme examples in the word of god from the old testament especially from the life of Elijah just to demonstrate how we can put our faith in action you know we all know that as Elijah received the anointing from Elijah he also received it in double portion when the mantle of Elijah fell upon Elijah the anointing came upon him and he received the anointing double portion and if you read your scripture if you search your scripture you will find out Elijah performed eight miracles and how many were performed by Elisha? Hello? Double, double is 16. Elijah performed eight miracles. So Elisha, why? He received double portion of the anointing. So 16, 16 miracles were performed by Elisha. And this morning I'm just going to highlight one of the 16 miracles that Elisha performed. It is known as purification of the water source in Jericho. After Elijah was taken up into the heavens, Elisha took the mantle of Elijah and put it on himself and he came back to river Jordan and he struck river Jordan and river Jordan parted and gave way to Elisha and he got back to Jericho if you know the story. You know, they all started from, uh, they all started from Bethel and Gilgal and then you know went to Jericho and went to Jordan and now Elisha alone is coming back because Elijah has gone up. And as he crossed the Jordan River and he is coming into Jericho. Now let's read 2 Kings chapter 2, 19 to 22. 2 Kings chapter 2, 19. Then the men of the city of Jericho said to Elijah, Please notice, 
The situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the ground is barren. Verse 20, and he said, bring me a new bowl, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water, and cast the salt there, and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elijah, which he spoke. You know, we see an, we see an amazing extreme example of Elijah putting his faith in action and that's resulting in a miracle. I'm not saying that you need to do all these things. When you go back, you need to just take something arbitrarily and try to do these things. I'm not preaching that. I'm not encouraging you to do it. And the Elijah kind of miracles... We don't see that often happening around us. It don't happen sometimes. It happens. Miracles do happen. But we don't see sometimes Elijah and Elisha kind of miracles. We don't see anybody standing in front of the Red Sea or any sea and parting the sea. No, it's not happening. It may not happen. There are reasons why miracles of Elisha and Elijah are not happening today. But, but that's, a, that's a different sermon altogether. So let's not go there. So the city was pleasant, but the water is bad, and the ground is barren. But miracles do happen, okay? Don't keep thinking about it. Some of you are thinking about it. Okay, he said miracles don't happen. No, no, I'm not saying that miracles don't happen. Miracles do happen. But those Old Testament days, miracles may not happen. I mean, I don't see that happening, so I don't believe it. I don't claim it. But miracles can happen. Even much greater miracles can happen in a very wide extent. You know, God can do anything, there is no doubt about it. But we don't see those miracles happening because there is a reason behind why they are not happening. So let's not think about it, let's come back here. Everything else was good in that city, but there was only one problem. The water was not good. You know, if the water source is not good, we all know that ground is going to be barren. Ground cannot produce anything. Naaman was an honorable man. He was a victorious man. Bible says he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He was a leper. Hannah was sold out by Elkanah. He was a better husband. Bible says he was a better husband. You know, in fact, Elkanah says, am I not a better husband than 10 sons? That was true, he was. He had all the wealth, but had no children. Zacchaeus was a man of stature, man of short stature. He was a chief tax collector and he was a rich man, honored, by, or if not honored, but feared by people. But he was of short stature. You know, sometimes we may have everything else in our lives, but there may be something missing in our lives. The city was pleasant, but the water was bad and the ground was barren. Now, I want you to notice Elijah's action of faith here. All that he said is, bring me a bowl, a new bowl, never used, sanctified, honored, and separated, kept separate for this purpose. And a bowl was brought, and get some salt. Salt, we know that salt is a purifying agent. Salt also adds flavor. So he put a little bit of salt in that bowl, and he took the bowl, and threw the bowl, cast the salt, not the bowl, sorry, cast the salt on the water. And he spoke the word of God there saying that I have healed the water 
From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. We see Elijah's act of faith. You know, it's not just Elijah there, but I also see God is fully involved in this business. If God was not there, the water would not have healed. And why God did that miracle? God did that miracle for a purpose of honoring the word of this man of God. And he wanted to prove that he is a prophet sent by God. And he wanted that city to know. You know, every time when God does a miracle, there is a purpose. God doesn't do a miracle without any purpose. And that was the purpose of this particular miracle here. If Elijah would have kept his faith within himself, Elijah did not keep his faith, you know, faith within himself. He did not say that my faith is only between myself and my God. Have you come across people saying that? They don't appear to be spiritual you don't need to be a, you don't need to appear you don't need to be appearing spiritual now i don't believe that too so they, they don't sometime and they don't uh, you know uh, they, they don't do things the way they you do but they are children of god they say that i believe in god i have faith and my faith is between myself and my god elijah was not that kind of person but if that is the case that's not going to result in anything good I can keep my faith between myself and my God, then what, what, what else? So what? It's not going to result in anything good. If we say that my faith is between me and God, if we say that I have faith, but I don't act based on faith, so you don't see faith in my life, it's not evident for people outside. James is saying it's a kind of dead faith. Faith without action. Faith is, yes, certainly it is required for us to have a relationship with God, but it's much more than that. This morning I pray that God would open our eyes. So with the faith he had in God, listen what he said. When Elisha saw that there was a problem, there was a need, there was a need for a miracle, he did not simply pray and go. He did not call a fasting prayer there. He was in action. He was in action. His faith came alive when he started acting upon the faith. You know, there is so much of need in our own lives this morning. And there is so much of need in our family, in the lives of others. I, I pray that God may speak to us this morning and open our eyes. It was a simple act of casting the salt over the water. But it was an act of faith. How long we keep praying for certain things in our lives? How long we keep praying for a miracle in our lives? The faith that was alive within us is already dead because we did not put that faith in action. We did not put that faith in action. God wants us to keep that faith alive in our lives. That's why you are listening to this from me. According to James 22, chapter 2, verse 17, if faith is not accompanied by action, the faith is a dead faith. The dead faith cannot produce miracles in our lives. Our, might, our faith must be seen in action. You know, we may have questions. How do we, how is, how is it possible? How it can happen that God will teach us this morning? Your faith must be seen in action. Think about it. Peter could not have walked on the water if he had not stepped out of the boat. Peter could not have walked on the water if he would not have stepped on the, if he had not stepped out of the boat. 
When he stepped out of the boat, action, we see faith coming alive, miracles happening. The thief at the cross, the thief at the cross, if you would not have, if he would have kept quiet, what would have happened? He would not have spent his time in the paradise as Jesus told him. The walls of Jericho would not have come down if children of Israel had not marched around the city of Jericho. Isaac would not have seen that hundredfold harvest if he had not sown in famine. There are so many examples in the word of God. The story of Esther, a step of faith to go before the king to make a request, a step that she initiated the help of Mordecai. The parting of Red Sea. And we see an act of obedience in faith. As Moses was standing in front of the Red Sea, God said, do this. And he stepped in. He stretched. That's how it happened. What about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? They have a special type of faith. They put their faith in action. They, 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 they did not even you know, wait. They had a kind of brutal faith, a step of faith. They took, they asked to be thrown into the fire and their faith was even if we escape even if we do not escape we still believe in God that kind of faith David and Goliath the giant was really brought down by a simple act of faith there was no guarantee at all that the giant is going to fall but a simple simple act of faith brought the giant down you know, we are talking about the stories in the Word of God. When we talk about the stories in the Word of God, if that, can ha that had happened in that time, in the Old Testament days, it can happen today in our lives. Abraham and Isaac, that was a cruel act of faith, of obedience to kill his own son. A step of faith. Faith in action brought great blessings and great deliverance and, and healings. I want to quote one more example from the New Testament. Jesus saw a man who was born blind. Disciples asked him, disciples asked him, Jesus, why this man was a born sinner? Was it, was, sorry, born blind? Was it the sins that he committed? Or was it the sins of his parents? And Jesus said, neither. He was born blind that the works of God may be revealed in his life. And you know what Jesus, Jesus did? Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay with the saliva and he anointed his eyes and he asked him to go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam and Bible says he went he washed and he started seeing John chapter, chapter 9 verse 7 Bible says and he said to him Jesus said to him go wash in the pool of Siloam which is translated sent so he went and washed and came back seeing I want you to imagine put yourself in the place of that blind man I want you to imagine I want you to understand his point of view we don't know how much he knew about Jesus we don't know you know what kind of understanding or what kind of expectation he had about Jesus from Jesus probably he knew that he is a healer I don't know how much he he knew he's a prophet but that's what he testifies in the later time when he was inquired but I don't know how much he knew about him, more about him. Jesus could have healed him by a touch. As he healed the blind men, two blind men in another instance. Jesus could have told him that your faith has healed you as he told 
blind Bartimaeus. But he did not do that in this case. He just applied clay on his eyes and he told, he told Jesus, told you, go and wash yourself. Jesus did not heal him instantly. And that man went. That action was an act of obedience. And he just went obeying Jesus, obeying the word of Jesus. He was not lazy. He was not doubtful. He didn't say that I already can't see. Then how can I go to the pool of Siloam? He did not say that. He didn't even want, know what to expect. But he immediately acted based on the faith, the little faith that he had. And that indeed saved him. That indeed resulted a great miracle. The faith was alive within him. You know, if that same kind of faith is alive within us today, you know, that faith is so powerful. As long as that faith is dormant within us, we will not experience the power of God. We will not experience the miracle of God. But when that faith comes alive in our lives, we see the power of God working in our lives. God works miracles for their unconditional obedience to the word of God. The faithful obedience to the word of God. God works miracles. And I'm not talking about you know, making emotional decisions and jumping into it. I'm talking about taking a step of faith. Today we need a breakthrough. Today we need a breakthrough from the situation that we have been dealing with. And God wants us to take that step of faith. You may be still wondering what is that step of faith that I need to take. What are those areas that you have been praying for a miracle? What are those areas you have been praying for breakthrough in, our, in your life? Is it a healing that you need in your health condition? Is it the, is it the, you know, uh, the course that you want to start maybe in your career to, you know, to come up in your life, in your career? What is that you are trying to do? Is it the job that you are seeking for? Is it the settlement? Is it the business that you are planning to start? Is it the breakthrough that you may need in your spiritual life? Is it maybe a baby blessing that you have been waiting for? It may be some kind of blessing that you are looking for. It may be a change of situation in, your, in the life of your children. You may be asking God, whatever it may be, this morning I believe that we all have enough faith within us. We have enough faith, we have too much of faith and faith within us that God cannot do anything and, and, you know, once we put those faith in practice. We know that faith is a basic element, a foundational element of Christianity for our Christian walk with the Lord. I'll be done in another five minutes. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, you cannot really please God. An unwavering faith in God. An unwavering faith in his ability to heal. That's important. That faith cannot be removed. Faith is important. Bible says even a mustard seed of faith that can move the mountains. A childlike innocent faith just believing and trusting in God for your breakthrough. Faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as he said, even if God does, and if, even if God doesn't do. The faith of those whom Jesus commanded this way, your faith has made you well. Remember those individuals? The faith of Bartimaeus. The faith of the woman with the issue of blood. 
Jesus commanded, your faith has made you well. God expects that kind of faith within us. The faith of the one leper out of the ten who came back to Jesus to thank him for the healing. So we know that faith is very important, but this morning God is telling you, action is more important. As we read in James 2.17, let's read that again, James 2.17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I want to uh, share with you two beautiful, important quotes often referred by Reinhard Bonnke. Man who moved in faith to reach millions in the continent of Africa. Just want to share two quotes of him with you. The first one he says, he often says, I even heard him once uh, he was, you know, in his message he was saying this. He says, Jesus will lift you out of the deepest pit but he will not lift you out of your easy chair. Jesus will lift you out of the deepest pit, but he will not lift you out of the easy chair. Many of us are sitting in our easy chair asking God to lift us. He's not going to do that. He has redeemed us. He has saved us. He has anointed us. He has faith to us as we need. Now, he expects us to put our faith in action. Some of those things that are have not happening in spite of your prayer, in spite of your fasting, in spite of your all cry and struggles, they are not happening because God is not doing anything at all. He's silent. He wants you to get up. He wants you to put that faith in action. I don't know really what it means to you, but it means something to you this morning as I speak. The second quote here of us, he says, God always works with workers. God always moves with movers, but God doesn't sit with sitters. God always works with workers. When there is an action, we see the blessing of God, we see the working of God, the move of God. God moves with moors, but God doesn't sit with sitters. We have been sitting in our easy chairs for years together and waiting for God to drop a blessing over our lives. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That expectation is contrary to the word of God. So this morning God is speaking to you and I believe there is a message for you. God wants us to put our faith in action with the faith you have in God. We need to do what we need to do. The rest God will do. As I said, maybe applying for a position, maybe applying for a job, maybe seeking some medical help, what is needed. Maybe seeking for some legal help, the legal support that you, know, you, need, to, you need to take. Go and take, go and approach people and there we see God functioning. If you sit and pray, that thing is not going to happen. Not against prayer, I believe in prayer, but prayer alone cannot help as how much important faith is. If faith, if faith alone cannot help, prayer alone cannot help unless we put things in action. It may be a time for you to separate. It may be a time for you to join, I don't know. May it be. It may be required for you to get out of your comfort zone and do something that what you're planning to do. May it be discussing with your concern with someone else, with your spouse or with your children or with your, with your boss or with your employer or pastor or whoever it may be. 
There may be something that you need to initiate. Now let's get into action. I'm just going to ask God to bring you to surface. Whatever may be the action that today I need to put my faith in action. We prayed enough about it. We sought for prayer help. We sent prayer requests everywhere. Now it's time to get into action. When you take a step of faith, God will move on behalf of us. And if we allow our faith to die, God cannot really do anything about it. This morning, we are going to get into a time of prayer. I pray that God may open our eyes. Faith, does, faith without action is dead. We must put faith in action. Law cannot justify anyone, but faith followed by work and action justifies. We will not see the breakthrough unless we put our faith in action. Jesus did not heal the blind man instantly by his faith. He had faith, but Jesus did not do it. Healing took place when Jesus commanded him to go to the pool and wash himself as he started walking. As he reached the pool, as he started washing, healing was taking place in his life. That healing will take place gradually as we move, as we are in action. We have been praying for that particular miracle. We have enough faith for that miracle. But this morning God is telling us that Miracles are not happening yet because he is waiting for us to put that faith in action. God wants to revive the dead faith. God wants us to activate the dead faith that is within us this morning. Shall we all arise for a time of prayer this morning?